back. We're talking. Uh, we're talking million dollar careers. And as always, I've got my good friend uh, Rob Houghton with me. Rob is up in uh, Washington D.C. He is the uh, number one uh, executive recruiter for the insurance agent uh, for uh, the insurance industry up in the uh, the D.C. metro area. So, hey, Rob, good to have you back on. Good to have you back on, Craig. Uh, it's all good. It's all good in Washington D.C. It's a it's a, it's a little bit rainy today, but the uh, Washington Commanders won last night, so people are in a, a good mood. That was an ugly win. Oof, that was an ugly win. They're just a bad football team with bad ownership. I don't know who's worse, the Commanders or the uh, yeah, the Bears, who couldn't get the ball into the end zone. Um, yeah. yeah, the final play of the <clears throat> final play of the game. Yeah, like, yeah come on. So, How did he not get that ball in there? I don't know. I don't know. Just a That's, total breakdown. It's it. You know, the Commanders are are a good example of a of a dysfunctional, bad organization. Somebody ought to do an organizational study on that whole organization, starting from Snyder down, and write a book. You know, eight things not to do in an organization because. <laughs> That organization is just piss poor, man. I, I only got to, I only got to, I, I got to see the last 10 minutes of the game. I sat, you know, so, uh, you know, I was, I was telling you, I sat literally in the emergency veterinarian's office yesterday for, for two and a half hours and came out $2,000 lighter. So if your dog ever gets bit by a snake, <laughs> which mine did, um, yeah, got tagged by a copperhead. I can tell you exactly how much it's going to cost you. Two thousand bucks. Uh, Two thousand bucks. So uh, yeah, we were walking along a nature trail last night, and she got tapped by a copperhead, and uh, two thousand bucks flew some antivenin and whatever else. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I hope your dog got a got a few treats out of that. You know, I don't know. She's still not. Yeah, we'll get her. We'll get her later today. I don't know. Yeah, she'll get a couple of treats, but yeah. Is she still over there? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. What the hell? 24 hours. Like oh, 20, my God. They her 24 hours. It's like her legs swelled up like a freaking balloon. And like, whoa, this is this is pretty wild. So, Well, it's a good thing, yeah. you know, uh, you know, she wasn't stung uh, in March or April or else it could have been yeah. lethal. Yeah. That's when these yeah. snakes are full of venom, you know. Yeah. You know, the thing about it, and, and this is where, you know, I think about people a lot. And then we'll get into our topic. But, you know, you, you know in this veterinarian's office is probably 15 people with their dog with their animals and you know you think about people's yeah. pets and you think about you know people working hard and they get you know an un you know uh you know just a bill yeah you know, just some and you're like you know, people live in paycheck to paycheck oh yeah Jeez. and 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 you know you know they're walking down the yeah you know, they're walking down the road with their dog and they're walking down the path with their dog and boom you know next thing you know they're two thousand dollars lighter and like i can afford it you know i'm fortunate i can afford it but you, know, you look at the people that really can't or they just yeah you know, and you're like man i'm yeah this is why i like doing this because I, I hope it you know these podcasts i hope it puts a little power in somebody's you know, and somebody's stable, you know, they can go earn a couple extra bucks in their life or, you know, whatever, but uh, make a difference and you know, some positive difference. Cause you, know, you feel about the people that, you know, they love their pet, but they don't have $2,000 to yeah. you know, go get them fixed up. You know, it's emergency. So anyway, yeah, they have to um, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking about last night when I was sitting there. I'm like, you know, we are fortunate. We were, you know, how fortunate a lot of us really are uh, in our lives. Yeah. The guy in the, 
you know, stands of the football games probably just hating life because the guy didn't get in the end zone. I mean, he has no idea the sorts of yeah. problems other people have. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. Hey, uh, so let's talk about uh, reverting to the mean. Yeah, man. You know, obviously you and I trade a lot of stocks. I'm more of a buy and hold guy. You're a wild man out there, man. <laughs> I'm just a buy and hold, just value dividend stocks. I just let them ride, you know. But if you're trading and you got to figure the world is trading right now. I mean, it's oh, yeah. not not necessarily trading, but people are changing jobs. Companies are making people changes. They're they're evaluating their businesses and where they're going. But you know, ultimately what it all comes down to is listen to this guy talk, you know, the other day. And you know, and then I was checking out some multiples on some stocks. I'm like, you know, at, at the end of the day, everything really is it, the whole world really is a pendulum. And it swings to the right and it swings to the left. And it, it eventually it comes back to the mean. You know, if stocks are way overpriced, you know, I think the S&P was trading at 23 multiple last year when historically it trades at a 16. Yeah, it's a good time. And when it's at 23, it's a good time to sell. And then just wait. You, you could see what was coming. You could see the, you know, literally everybody who knew anything about stocks knew that there was going to be a sell-off at some point. And yeah, that's think, how the universe works, man. I mean, the reason why we're all still alive is because there's a delicate balance, and you know, yeah, um, it just doesn't happen. There has has to be some rhyme or reason, call it divine providence or something. But everything is held in balance. Mm -hmm. So you're right. I mean, everything ultimately reverts back to the mean. Everything yeah, I mean, really yeah. Does. Look at the political situation in the country. Yeah, we had yeah. a wild swing to the left, and now I'm kind of feeling that there's going to be this violent swing back to the back to the right. But then a couple of years ago, you had the Tea Party way out to the right, which kind of you know brought things back to you know which which created a swing back to the left. So you know, ultimately you, you you try to find a happy meeting in the middle. I think yeah. the I think the employment market, I think companies and people are trying to find that balance right now. Hey, I was doing a, I do an annual salary report, and I was looking at the insurance market. And for those insurance listeners out there, they can identify with this. But I was I was actually looking at it last night. You know, between about 2006 and 2013, believe it or not, salaries were just about flat. I mean, if you were a sales guy, that's a totally different story. Mm -hmm. But if you were an account manager, customer service representative, client executive, client manager, you know, support service in the insurance brokerage industry, people just weren't getting raises. I mean, it would be like 1% a year, 2%. And I remember back then doing my report, thinking to myself, wow, I mean, these people are basically flat. And after inflation, they're losing ground over the course of six, seven, eight years. I'm thinking, how can these people do it? And then everything changes. And now my last salary report, the salaries were up 11.3%. That means people that were making 80 are now making 90. People that are making 100 are making 115. And I hear all the, the employers are up in arms now. Like, things out of control. Salaries are out of control. And I have to remind them, hey, dude, think back 15 years ago. It was a period of almost 10 years where salaries were flat. So as you said, it's coming back to the mean now. It's coming back. To, on the flip side, you know, in the business jet market, it's going crazy. I'm talking to the, I'm talking to a lot of these guys who are out there in the business, you know, these sales guys out in the business chat market, and they are making a trash load of money, seven figures close to it. 
and you know, sitting back, and I'm like, man, that's great. I'm glad you guys are doing really well. But but the but the false sense of security they get is one, the business jet market is just, you know, it's like the stock market was, you know, a year and a half ago. It was just kind of irrational. The yeah. business jet market is irrational right now. And these guys are making a pile of money. And there's two things I think about. I go, one, are you making a pile of money because you're good? Or are you making a pile of money because this, you know, the business jet market's just irrational right now? And this, you know, this, this you know, crazy amount of demand. Now the time will tell, you know, has this, has the demand, has the demand curve curve shifted so that that is a steady state or is it a temporary deal where these you know folks are making a trash load of money now thinking they're really good. And then they have a come to Jesus moment when, you know, things dry up and they're like, Whoa, what do I do? What do I do now? What do I really know? You know, so there's a big difference between, hey, I'm riding high on a on a wave, versus, yeah, you know, hey, I'm really I'm a really good surfer. Yeah, but you know, a lot of people are focused on these compensation raises, and a lot of firms are trying to attract talent because talent is the true arbiter now. It's no, no. longer the technology you have, how many smokestacks, inventory, product. That does still make a difference, but really how companies compete now is who can attract and retain the top talent. That's really where the action is in that, in that talent interface. And what smart companies are doing now, as you said, salaries are probably not going to start regretting or um, moving back to the mean for a while. But the smart ones, some of my clients are attacking it in a totally different way. How are they They're doing? Saying, hey, Rob, how can we attract top talent and retain talent without having to pay these 15, 20% you know, cash compensation raises? One of the ways that, the, that, 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 that my insurance clients are doing it is they came to me and said, Rob, well, what are candidates looking for now? I said, number one, they want to work, work remotely. Number two, your firm has to have purpose. You know, and so I took one particular small client of mine in Bethesda and I, and they were small. They were like 25, maybe 30 people. This was mm -hmm. a, right when COVID started. And they said, Rob, we want you to, we want you to build us a great team and we want to double in size in this very difficult talent squeeze of a market. I said, how can we do this? And I said, you know what? There's a lot of firms now, big firms that have quality people that are not allowing their people to work fully remote. And these people are tired of the one hour commute, the 90 minute commute both ways. And by the way, there's a lot of talent down in Southern Virginia, out in the hinterlands, but mm -hmm. good talent. If you open up your business to 100% remote and get the technology that, when that will enable these people and empower these people to work collaboratively in a positive atmosphere remotely, we can take a lot of those people. And the guy surprisingly said, let's do it. So we so we went on a mission to recruit top talent and offer them 100% remote and not even big salary increases. We're talking like people were making laterals yep. and they've gone from 25 to 43 people. That's 18 people in less than two years. That's more growth than they had the previous 50 years in the company. So that was an, that's another way to skin the cat. You don't have to pay people a lot of money and wait 
to this market corrects itself from a salary standpoint. There's other ways you can do it. Yeah, no, I think I think what you said about purpose was is great. Um, Bill Koch is a, uh, a former CEO of uh, AMR Combs, and he does a lot of executive coaching. He works with some, you know, you know, very high powered. You know, Apple is one of you know, I think Apple's one of his customers. He's he's doing some great stuff. And the first thing we we can we had a podcast a couple of years ago, and the first thing he says was people want purpose. Yeah, it's, not, it's it's interesting. You know, money is a money money is a driver, but we're talking about now the big you know in the conference I'm going to be speaking at in two weeks. You know, it's how to retain people, it's have purpose, and show people what their pur- what the purpose of the company is and what their purpose is. Nobody wants to come to work just feeling like a cock. Yeah, yeah, that's how you revert back. To, that's the smartest way to revert back to the mean, is offer people something qualitative instead of just throwing more money at people. Yeah. And, and, you know, the interesting thing is, is that I think the finding out what people want, I I look at the airlines now, I'm, I'm laughing. The airlines are all scrambling because, you know, they're, you know, well, Delta just reported really good earnings, but you know, they, you know, a lot of them are scrambling and trying to figure out how do we make money without the business client zoom? Nobody wants to travel. Now is that, you know, is that a, you know, is that an anomaly or is that going to come back to where businesses, business guys start to travel? Well, I'm sitting there looking at it going, you know, I'm not hugely price sensitive on plane tickets. I, when I travel on business, I'm not hugely price sensitive. I am schedule focused and I want the easy button. You, know, you think about if an airline came to me, American, who I travel on exclusively, hint, and said, hey, give us $20,000 on January 1st. And we'll do a subscription. It's some sort of subscription. And all you have to do is get online. You know, that 20,000 bucks, all you have to do is get online and book your book your tickets. You can have, you know, as many trips as you want, you know, or whatever figure. Yeah, hey, look, for 20,000 bucks, you get 20, you know, 20 round trip tickets, you know. And you can pick any schedule, any way they want. You know, I would do it in a minute. Yeah. I would do it in a minute because I don't have to get on and go, oh, I got to go buy my seat. I got to go do all the other crap. It's just like, I, I could just go book. I, I don't have to worry about the bullshit. You know, it's just easy. I go in, I go click. Thank you, Craig. You're booked. I, and, I, and I get it by schedule. And you think about employees that be on the same thing. They don't necessarily want money. They want other right. things. I just want a nice seat. You know, the Airbuses are different than the Boeings, you know, and uh, I don't know what it is, but when I fly overseas, I'm always looking for that Airbus because the seats seem to be nicer and, and, and wider and roomier for some reason. I avoid Boeing like the plague now. <laughs> I'm a schedules guy. You know, I so want the, guy, I'm yeah. a schedules guy. I want the, first, I want the, I want the, the, the six, I want the six o'clock in the morning flight out of Wilmington to get wherever I need to get to. And I want to be home by, I want the, the late afternoon flight to be home by you know 10 o'clock at night. That's it. And yeah, make it simple for me and I'll pay for it. So I'm a comfort guy. You know, I'd rather leave at like 11 o'clock in the morning, get there, have a late dinner, find a nice hotel, and then just leave the following day, like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. West Coast, East Coast is the red eye. It's, yeah. you know, I'm not going to kill a whole day. But, but you know, it comes back to once again, you know, here we are in this candidate. I don't say candidate. I hate that word candidate, but I'll say it anyway. Candidate driven market, you know, people driven market. You know, the, 
Yeah. The interesting thing you sent me from uh, the one Malden report. Yeah. Which I love, you know, this John labor short, this labor shortage isn't temporary. Yeah. Your supply, your supply curve just shifted. It's structural, it's demographic, and it isn't going away. Yeah, I know. Um, it may improve somewhat, but even in a return to 28 conditions, won't restore the normalcy employers want. Yeah, it's a permanent change because it's a demographic change because of baby boomers. They're just, we don't have enough people to fulfill these jobs. Yep. So does that's not even counting all the people that have left the job force because of long COVID and disabilities and... So what brings that back to the mean technology? I mean, a lot of fast food companies are getting robots now. You know, is it, is it, you know, from a million dollar producer standpoint, you know, what do companies do, you know, to, uh, what do companies do to keep their, their costs in check and their businesses moving forward? Do you know what I think part of the problem is? I think part of the problem is companies have to get smarter on how to make on, on how to enable and empower their employees to be more productive. I, I I really think now that there's a lot of people out there, particularly this Generation Z and even the millennials. I don't think they're as productive as they could be. You know, I talk to young people all the time. I've got three sons. I've got nephews. And the constant drumbeat is, you know, my company, my employer really doesn't give a shit. You know, and, you know, I'm going to put my time in. I'm going to work. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But that's it, man. You know, five o'clock, I'm hitting the bell and I'm out of there. And, and, you know, I'm not talking about my sons, but they know other people that they work with. And this is the status, you know, this is a state of the workplace for people age 20 to, to probably 35. Okay. And I think it's incumbent on the employers. I know I tend to take, the candidate's viewpoint, but I'm just giving you the other side of the situation mm -hmm. is companies have to get better at empowering and enabling their employees through things like uh, not just metrics. People are managing based on metrics, activity. You got to have purpose. You have to have a mission. You have to provide opportunities for people. You have to pay attention to, to your employees. You have to treat them like human beings. You have to coach them. You have to mentor them. You have mm -hmm. to train them. You have to pay attention to these people because if you don't, they're going to go to sleep on you. So mm -hmm. if you, you know, if, if, if you have a business, it's probably a realistic expectation that you're not going to get a lot more qualified people because the candidate pool is so small. So yeah. why don't you take who you, who you have and make them more productive? I, enable them you know empower them and you're gonna i'll guarantee you you could probably squeeze twice as much out of people than you're currently getting but you're going to be smart about it you know well yeah look you get yeah no i mean it's the same thing why don't you just ask the question you know instead of having these company-wide surveys and stuff like that why don't you just you know like break it down into small teams you got you got you got a you got a vice president who oversees a team of you know you know, a couple of directors, a couple of managers, break it down into small teams and go, what do you people want? What do you folks need to do a darn good job? Exactly. And I think, and I, and I think it comes down to is if you communicate with them direct, directly and forcefully and you say, okay, 
if I eliminate all of these barriers to your success, if I make your path quite easy, are you going to do it? You know, and if the answer is yes, then you can hold them accountable because you said, hey, look, you told me you needed all these things to be successful and I gave you all these things. Now it's on you. Yeah. And if you and if and and that's where you start to see who in your team is real and who in your team is not. Yeah. Who's making it and who's faking yeah. it. Here's the other thing that that's it's actually pretty funny, actually. You know, and the reason why I say funny is because I laugh at these people. So how about the client who's who's hiring, let's say, a mid-level manager? And they've got a budget of uh a hundred thousand. And you find a rock star. You find somebody that's highly educated, young attributes, the skills, the interest. I mean, they're just a rock star. But it's going to cost them 110 mm -hmm. or 115. And they say, it's just too expensive. You know, this person's over overpriced. This is before the interview. They're just looking at the resume. They only got seven years of experience. I'm looking for 12 to 15, you know, and I'm like, I'm telling you, just talk to this person. Mm -hmm. This is a rock star, man. These are the kind of people you want. And they, and they'll just say, you know, HR comes back and says, I'm sorry, but yeah, we don't believe this person is worth what they're asking for. They're greedy. I say, how do you know you haven't even talked to them yet? You know, and then they'll talk to them and then they'll still say, well, it's just too mm -hmm. much. And I have to think to myself, you know, rock stars in a company do 80% of the work, right? Yep. You know, 20% of your people are going to do 80% of the work. Yep. So instead of hiring, instead of pissing and moaning about, I can't find enough good people. Mm -hmm. Why don't you find fewer great people? That's how you skin the cat, you know? Yep. Pay somebody a little bit more. Pay premiums for some people knowing that they're going to produce a lot more than the average yeah. person. And you want us, you want the all-stars, man. Yep. I placed, uh, so I had this conversation. It was kind of a humorous conversation the other day. So this year I've placed, I don't know, really I three or four, five directors of operations for aircraft operators and two directors of aviation. And, you know, I'm talking to a lot of, you know, pilot leaders. I know what they're making. It's real time. You know, if, 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 this is real time. So I'm talking to this fella and his company, and they're not in a, and they're not in a you know overly desirable metropolitan area. And he's like, my HR team is looking at data from last year. They're saying that you know pilots should make you know hundred and sixty five thousand dollars a year, and a chief pilot should make one hundred eighty thousand yeah. dollars a year. And you know, let, I want to go find. You know, I said, well, when the laughter stops. You know, when when you go out to the market and the laughter stops, come call me and I'll tell you exactly what these people are making. Exactly right. And he's like, and he goes, why is the I go, the market is just shifting so fast. The yeah, airlines are hiring like crazy. Yeah. A lot of pilots left the the uh, a lot of pilots left the industry altogether. You know, they aged out. You know, it's it's like, you know, it's just a supply demand equation now. And I Do you want to hear it? Here's what yes. you need to, you know, this is what you need to pay. And I go, look, at the end of the day, you're a publicly traded company. You know, your, your, your market cap is in the tens of billions of dollars. You've got assets that are worth a hundred million. 
is is the extra $20,000 you need to get the right person on board really going to make a difference in your life? Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, think about it logically. You're like, all right, you know, let's just start, let's put all the data aside. Let's start looking at stuff real time and go, look, if we have to pay a little, overpay a little bit for a superstar and we can keep that superstar in the organization, do we really care about the little bit of extra money we have to pay to get them? Or do we look at the value that they bring? It's a, it's a cost versus value type of deal. Yes. So how do you define, if, how do you explain, articulate and present a candidate that you think is a superstar to your client? How do you do that? Um, I say, look, here's the track record that they bring to the table. That's one. You know, so a lot of times, look, you know, you're working in a parameter. If you, you know, company says, hey, look, if you bring somebody who's, you know, let's just say 150, you know, 150 on the low, 200 on the high. You're just working in that thing. Do you think the, um, so we're talking about regressing or reverting back to the mean, okay? Mm -hmm. In terms of compensation, let's just talk about that for a second. Do you think the mean is shifting upward? I think it's changing. I think it's changing. But I think when people start to say, okay, look, if the new norm, if the new norm is 200, you know, and then all of a sudden everybody's, you know, when, when you see people taking advantage of the situation and saying, I want 250, that will work for so long. And then the other side, look, everybody gets a vote. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you think about Russia, Ukraine, the Russians forgot the Ukrainians get a vote. In, in in their country, you know, and all of a sudden now you got this big mess in Ukraine because you know, you know, Russia under you know, Russia, they thought they're going to take the whole thing in two days. Their expectations were unrealistic, yeah. you know. So now here we are. I think when you have candidates whose or executives whose expectations are unrealistic because the market is not rational, eventually the you know, the other people, you know, employers are going to figure out situations to bring the expectations back in line. The other guy gets a vote. So you think that um, how this thing actually reverts back to the mean is the people that got greedy and really drove up the compensation levels are eventually going to be the people that when the music stops, they're not going to have a chair. Right? I think that they get cocky. I think, I think, I think greed brings cocky which brings unemployment. Right. And so that's that, how we get back. And I think maybe that's a little bit because look, employers aren't stupid either. You know, I tell people that too all the time. You know, I told mm-hmm. the guy uh, probably about a month ago, mm-hmm. I could just tell he was just getting, I mean, I always ask, you know, because in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and a few other, and I think 22 other states, it's no longer legal to to ask someone about their salary history you know? correct so you can't do that anymore but the question i do ask somebody is and sometimes people will you know volunteer the information but i always tell them you know what you're making and what you made is irrelevant really mm-hmm. uh, but but i really need to know like what would your salary expectations be if this opportunity had everything that you wanted qualitatively and they usually tell me a number and this guy said, you know, I want to, I, you know, the market value for this position was probably like 140 to 150. And this guy's like, it had to be something that begins with a two. Mm-hmm. I said, 
man, I said, you've got eight years of experience. It just seems kind of high to me. He says, that's what I want, you know? And um, I told him, I said, you know, if you take a job at 200,000, you're setting yourself up for a fiery crash. And he goes, what do you mm -hmm. mean? I said, because you're going to walk in there. First of all, you'll probably find somebody who will hire you because they absolutely are desperate. And if you get this job, you make one mistake, man. You say you're done. Thing. You're going to get shot in the back, man. And that's like, a, and that's what reverts it back to the mean. That's is that if, if mean. you come in and you say, I want a lot, you better bring a lot. And you're putting a lot you of know, pressure on yourself, man. You know, it's my brother and I were, we, my brother and I were, we were, we were at, uh, we went to go see uh, NC State play Texas Tech a couple yeah. of weeks ago up in Raleigh. And we were talking about the conversation was Heisman quarterbacks, Heisman winning quarterbacks who flamed out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, and it's not a short list. Oh, yeah. You, know, you think about it, it's not a short list. And these guys coming in, they, they, they leave college and they go to the NFL. And they say, I want big bucks because I want a Heisman trophy and the expectation is high. And then they flame and it's never pretty. But then there's, then there's a guy like Tom Brady who gets, you know, who come, who, who gets drafted in the, you know, the you know, seventh round and becomes the goat, you know, or Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes and Mayfield won the Heisman. Mahomes wasn't even in the top 10. Yeah, you bring a, you ask a lot, you better bring a lot. And if you don't bring a lot, it's a very, very short conversation. You know, Baker Mayfield is a terrible actor, too. Have you seen him on, on, on these commercials with yeah. the bathroom? I'm like, what is this? I mean, yeah. who the heck hired this guy to do TV commercials for I, whatever? I mean, it's the guy's a bad actor, too. Not only a bad quarterback, but I feel sorry for this guy, man. Uh, yeah. what, what do you feel sorry for? He's he's made a pile of money in football. He's made a pile of money in his, you Maybe. know. You know, I home with Baker Mayfield commercials. I think is it. I don't. I don't know what what company spot is it. You know, what company sponsors him. But he's made a pile of money. Yeah, he'll be. He'll so. be a, yeah, he'll be a. Yeah, he'll be a. Yeah, he'll be a distant memory in the NFL in two years. And you know, but but he'll walk away with a big paycheck, and he's fine. He'll be selling used cars down in yeah. Alabama somewhere. But I, but but I think that's kind of the thing is that yeah hey look you if you're a company you got two choices you can go out and you can go pay for you can go pay for uh, somebody you want, or you can develop somebody you want, and that's what brings it all back together. And and now companies you know companies yeah. in a rapidly changing demographic market where expectations are shifting, companies got to get smarter, and how they hire, how they retain how they get more productivity. And on the flip side, you know, people, you know, got to say, Hey, look, is, are my expectations realistic for the long term? You know, or am I just on a sugar high? No, you're right. It just, I agree with uh, a lot of what you said. I, I think that the, the mean is things do revert back to the mean, but I think the mean is, has inched up over the last couple of years. We'll never get back to where we were. But the but the, I, I think the key question is how do you attack this re reverting back to the mean? If, if if you don't have the compensation, you have you have to do it in qualitative ways. Yeah, yeah companies always be recruiting. Yeah, always always be recruiting. Always yeah. be recruiting, and from the people standpoint, it's always be thinking, and it's always be thinking about, you know, am I bringing it? Am I earning? Am I earning what I'm commanding? 
Am I, am I, am I bringing the value that I've, I've asked yeah. for? I think, you, you know? I, I think you hit on something there, you know, um, I don't know if, if you've ever seen this movie, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh yeah. Love right? that movie. Do you remember he pulls the chart down and he, he writes on the board ABC, right? Always be closing. But you know what? It's always be closing, but what's even more important for the employers that are listening out there, ABR. Always be recruiting. recruiting. You should always, always be recruiting. Yep. I can't tell you how many times I've come across an absolute superstar and I'm thinking, wow, this person would be perfect for company B. And I call the guy up and the guy says, you know, don't really have anything right now. We're full. And I'll tell him, just trust me, interview this person. And you know what? I've got smart clients and I got really dumb clients. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't mind having a dumb client. You know, it's kind of entertaining actually. And they usually pay more, mm -hmm. but they, <laughs> I mean, you have to have some entertainment, you know, yep, you do, yep, yep. some of these, some of these clients, they just make me laugh because they're just freaking just dumb, just mm -hmm. dumb people, you know? And uh, the dumb ones will always say, <laughs> I don't need anybody calling back in two months, you know, mm -hmm. but the smart ones will say, Hey, Rob, great idea. Let's talk to them. And sometimes send, they'll hire the person. Send them over. Let's have lunch. Cost you 25 bucks for a, uh, yeah. 25 bucks for a pizza and a beer. Right. You go, go meet the person. It, it's the and, same thing uh, with a candidate. How many times have you come across a really good candidate that, that, that you're thinking while you're talking to them? Wow. They would be a good fit for company M all you the say, time. Talk to my client, just, and the, and the person will respond. I'm perfectly happy, you know, mm -hmm. don't bother me anymore. Right. I, I mean, like, if, if, if you really think about it, like, why wouldn't anybody spend 30 minutes on a Zoom call with somebody that someone else, a trusted advisor would advocate? This is yep. a no lose. You, you, you should do the call. You should yep. do the call. Gain competitive intelligence. Find out about what you're worth kick the tires it's confidential it's discreet why not spend 15 20 minutes people say i don't have it and then you look at what most people do during the course of a day they're on the internet they're making a phone call yeah. to mom or dad they're doing just bullshit stuff you know and, and it's amazing how how many times somebody just won't take the time it's yep. abr man it's always be recruiting. be recruiting gotcha how do people get a hold of you rob they get a hold of me I'm all over the internet, man. People are calling me saying, Rob, you're all over the internet. internet. You're saturating the damn internet with your podcasts <laughs> and blogs. And I got a reality show that's going to be kicking off uh, November 22nd. It's called the Career Coaching Experience. It's a 10 part series. Uh, but, but yeah, people get a hold of me, uh, Rob at mrfairfax.com. It's at the bottom of the screen. Email me anytime. I'm on LinkedIn. Always there, man. P people, if you have any questions, or whatever, give me a call. But yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Craig. I appreciate Rob, it. Rob, it's always well. Hey, it's our show. It's always great to have. It's always great to. Uh, it's always great to to have these chats. So, you're heading to Europe next week, so go have a good time. Yeah, man. I need a a long overdue vacation, um, and stay away from snakes, man. Yeah, well, whatever. So cool. All right, brother. Go, uh, go, enjoy your, go enjoy your vacation. We'll catch up next time.
All right. Thanks, Greg. See you later. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.